guys thing you want to say about this fucking movie? <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and the Furious podcast. Yeah. We're back on it here. It's cycle 19. Cycle 19. Cycle 19, folks. You know We're what that back means. back to our roots. Back to the roots. Back to the roots. Mm. Not super happy degree. about it. No? Did not have a great watch through of Tokyo Drift today. Uh-huh. Uh, what kind of beverage are you drinking? I'm drinking a New Zealand natural raspberry and lemon seltzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll talk about it a little later. I have a little oh, something, okay. little, little rant stored up for shout-outs. I'm in a bad fucking mood today. <laughs> Maybe it's because I have to go to work on Monday. Uh-huh. I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, we watched Tokyo Drift for the 19th time. A day after we watched Chronicles of Riddick and recorded an episode, which will go live on Patreon in a matter of days. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about all your points you were making uh, about... The danger of vehicles, the danger of chasing the high of speed, and how this movie presents those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided I didn't care. <laughs> this movie kind of sucks. <laughs> like I'm not into. I was not into it. Watching it for the nineteenth time, <laughs> I really, really, really didn't like it. I don't like Lucas Black, and he is bad. And I don't like him as the star of this motion picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, Han is fine, but there's much better versions of Han. Uh, Neela is a nothing throwaway character that they don't give any room to breathe. DK may be the best part of this movie, but that's not saying a whole lot. Sonny Chiba is good. Mm-hmm. But gets too little to do. He just like stands around and says some menacing lines. Uh, I mean, as always, Morimoto is an incredible bright spot in uh, my life. But uh, Bow Wow, not so much this time around. Mm -hmm. Didn't love him. Um, I mean, let's think about Lucas Black and. Mm -hmm. Like, if we, I mean, when you think about a teenage, um, up and coming star that you could have placed in this movie, who do you think? Is there anybody that could have done this role better? Like, are you thinking, like, a, what if this, Any what if Japanese Tokyo Drift? Ah, okay, okay. It is what like, if, this is my main point for the week. I didn't really write notes, I was in such a bad mood, but the one thing that really <laughs> fucking struck me. I was like, there's no fucking Japanese people in this movie, <laughs> you know? Like, we really could use some. Uh-huh. Lucas Black is from Alabama. Right. Bow Wow, I don't know where Bow Wow's from, but he's from America. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neela is an actress who is of Peruvian descent from Australia. Uh... Our boy Jason Tobin, cool guy, from Hong Kong. <laughs> um, Morimoto is fucking Korean. 
Uh-huh. DK is from Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has like mixed Korean and Japanese background, but is from LA. Uh-huh. Um Yeah. I wish there was some fucking and Han is obviously Korean, right? Uh or or Sung Kang. Uh-huh. And yeah, it would be cool if they had some Japanese people in this movie. <laughs> In, that's set in Tokyo, and it was all about Japanese racing culture. Uh, that would be... Look, I'm, again, like, I'm not the person to go in and, like, dissect people's qualifications, right? Or, like, mm-hmm. background or skill. I know DK is fluent in, like, Korean and Japanese and, like, has Japanese back. Whatever. I'm not that person to, like, go in and do that. I'm just saying, like, they're really missing an opportunity here. Or missed an opportunity. It's over for Tokyo <laughs> Draft on this one. I don't think they're going back. They they missed an opportunity here, right? To, like, at least, at least lend some authenticity to their motion picture, mm-hmm. right? And authenticity to the, like, culture. I mean, I imagine, and I don't know if this is true, on the first one, like, the picture car coordinators and the guys were, like, calling up their L.A. friends being like, yo, who can come down to this film set and shoot for, like, an afternoon? Like, yo, who can bring their, you know, who can bring their custom down? Who, like, how can we get this? Just lends a feeling of an authenticity in there. I, yeah, I mean, I just, like, Sonny Chiba's, like, the only... Japanese person from Japan with like a speaking role in this movie. Hmm. Right? Is that weird? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the opposite side of it is that they're trying to present this as a, um, the, th- the only thing that these people have in common, that this group of teenagers and some adults have in common, is drift in that. I get it. Um, yeah. And there's also, like, we're all, like, a ragtag mismatch, uh, mishmash of, like, expats and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But being an expat myself, you still, like, encounter the culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's part of the conflict is, like, you set up where you're this fish out of water. Mm-hmm. And they could definitely, like, they try to do the fish out of water thing, right? Where Sean is a, is a fish out of water who encounters, like, Japanese racing culture. Like, DK is presented as a Japanese person from Japan, and mm-hmm. so is Morimoto. And, like, as, I mean, they're presented as bad guys, which, you know, whatever. But, like, that's the conflict he has to bump up against is, like, the embedded, ingrained cultural aspects of Japanese tuner racing environment. Mm-hmm. They, need some, they need somebody in the crew to be Japanese. Fucking Japanese, <laughs> They need somebody in the crew. They've got Jason Tobin. They've got the other girl who operates the, like, tuner laptop. Uh-huh. Yeah. They've got the bald guy. Uh-huh. But yeah, they need a uh, somebody more important in the crew to anchor the movie a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's what I'm saying. Like if it's Sean 
If this was a movie not about a kid from fucking Alabama, which to me is the least important part of the conflict. If this was a movie about like a young Japanese kid Mm. who wants to be part of a world that's much bigger than him, finds himself in over his head and in debt to DK, smashes up Han's car, Han takes him under his wing, says, I'll help you pay off your debt to DK if you work for me. He teaches. He takes a liking to the guy. Takes him under his wing. Teaches him how to drift. Finally, like ascending him to the beating DK at the end of the movie. Like there's kind of a movie, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 you get this thing. I think that's much more powerful. Not powerful, but effective at least. Of like. Han takes this kid under the wing because he knows what it's like to be adrift in the world, right? To be small, to not have something to fight for, to not have standing. And teaches them how to do this. And so when Han dies, it's not just like, oh, it's this dude who taught my white ass how to drift. It's like, it's like you know what I mean? It's like a guy who brought me up in the, in the world, who like taught me to be part of a a culture within my own society. It's some, you know what I mean? It, and, and help me out of debt when I was in over my head rather than like, I'm a charging bull in a China shop from Alabama. I don't know what I'm doing. I come in here, think I'm hot shit, wreck a bunch of things. And then the audience is supposed to care whether or not I get in trouble. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do I and that give my, a shit? Yeah. Like the ultimate display of integrity is you walking into a, Yakuza death trap, and right. that is supposed to be your redeeming, um, yeah, like 180 from reckless life to taking ownership of your... Yeah. Still reckless, my dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So, that's sort of my big thing for the movie, is like, just get some fucking Japanese people in this movie, please. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not going to happen, but, you know... I was hoping for it. Um, what? How was your wash through? I didn't even ask. You know, I didn't even ask. I'm so <laughs> fucking inconsiderate. I didn't even ask. Uh, wash through was okay. It wasn't anything too wild. I was pretty busy during the day. I was I was knocking it out in segments. Yeah. Basically, and I I don't usually do this, but I ran it up to the like final minute of the movie while setting up this thing. So. Mm-hmm. A little bit I've last minute. Yeah. 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 All right. I mean, that's okay. Um, I had a thought early in the movie mm. about the pizza boy. So we've got a we've got a recurring a diss from movie one and movie two, which is that the pizza boy in car culture is somebody of low status. In movie one, hey, pizza boy, roads closed, find another way home. That's right. That's true. And in that's this Leon. movie, hey, that's find Leon. another road, pizza boy. Yeah. And in this one, it's about what do you use that car for? Deliver pizzas. And fair, fair, good point. And you're uh, missing the shining star, pizza boy, of all pizza boys, bro. You skipped right. right over him. 
Of course. Uh, <laughs> Agent Dunn over here, Mr. Gallo 24. Gallo 12 or Gallo 24? Didn't know exactly. pizza places made that But there's a, yeah, there's a like underhanded commentary here which says that the life of the pizza boy is of low class and that mm. really that, that person wants to be a racer. Yeah. Drives a car around, delivers pizza, but is not fully accessing his full street racing potential. It is funny that it's like another car-based occupation, right? Mm -hmm. And I was trying to think about it. Yeah, because like when you when you are trying to like diss somebody's occupation, and be like, oh, like you're a pencil pusher, you're a burger flipper, but somehow being a pizza boy has sort of some sort of like negative connotation to it. But yeah. When I think about just sort of driving around pizzas, that sounds like the highest level of, like I don't know, like one of the better, one of the better like food delivery jobs. Some of the around. best dudes I've ever known. Exactly, that yeah. guy has fun, and I remember like, uh, yeah, growing up when we would order in pizza, I remember distinctly that the person or like one of the sort of main delivery drivers for the pizza place. Mozzarella di Bufala in um, mm. West Portal District of San Francisco. Whoa. This guy would pull up in a sweet, like Civic Si, yeah, hatch Hello. with like a aftermarket exhaust. Roll up, you can hear him roaring up the street, and he's like, "All right, the pizza guy's here." If and I like, was a street racer, I would think like a pizza boy is a very convenient occupation for me. You know, exactly. And this was in like the pre-Uber driver era. Mm -hmm. Where really, I think the yeah, I think the pizza, I think the pizza boy might be the high one of the highest status of kind of like I don't know, like not professional drivers, but like people who get to operate motor vehicles. Yeah, I I I mean the I'll tell you over my lifetime. Not to inject too much of our fucking like leftist commie bullshit in this podcast. I mean, I, I'm not so hardline left, but like, I'll tell you what, pizza pizza boys have had way more positive effect on my life than like any kind of like, you know, like Wall Street dude or like lawyer or like any kind of fucking quote unquote respectable profession, you mm -hmm. know? I was having a conversation with somebody a few years ago, and they were talking about when New York was talking about raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour, state minimum wage. And this guy, like, was a financier, and he owned a couple Dunkin' Donuts chains. My personal favorite coffee place, okay? <laughs> uh -huh. Coffee, cafe slash patisserie, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> And, you know, we, 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 we'd we been friendly a little bit. Yeah, I just knew him through a friend of a friend, and we, like, we, we'd have breakfast sometimes with a group of us. And so I knew him through that. And, like, he, we talked, I always liked him because he owned Dunkin' Donuts, you know? And I was talking one day with him, and he was like, yeah, we're actually selling all of them. We're selling all of them. I was like, why are you selling all of Dunkin' Donuts? He's like, $15 minimum wage, you know? I, like, I, mm. I, I can't make any money. I was like, 
What? You can't make any money with paying people $15 an hour? That's fucking nuts, dude. Like, 15 Like, it's not that much, my man. And, mm-hmm. and then I was like, how much you fucking make an hour? And he's like, well, I, you know, I like bring a bunch of value to my company. I'm like, I, I'm my pay is contemporary with the value that I bring to my company. I was like, well, I'll tell you one thing: the value you bring to my life is way fucking less than the value the people who make my coffee at Dunkin' Donuts bring. You know, mm-hmm. it's like everybody's value is relative to like the people who they interact with in their life. And for me, the pizza boy value stock. Is way fucking high. Way high. Way high. <laughs> like, yeah. way high. Okay? They don't even deliver here in New Zealand. It's fucking crazy. Man. I mean, they will, but they grumble about it. They don't want to do it. Mm. Everybody wants they don't to deliver. They don't deliver anything. Or just, or they don't deliver pizzas. Um, there is Uber Eats, which is like eating the market for delivery. Mm-hmm. So, if you want something delivered... Open that Uber Eats app because mm-hmm. you can't like like I I understand they're a positive to like the Uberification of the world, but I'll tell you right now, Daryl, like the fact that I can't call a pizza place, order a fucking eighteen inch pie, and be like, yeah, it's for delivery. I'll pay you cash when you get here, mm-hmm. is so enormously frustrating for me. The fact that I either have to, like, create an Uber account and go log in and pay, like, an Uber fee to go to get this delivered or, like, I'll tip the guy. I would much rather tip a guy cash than to pay fucking Uber, like, $4.99 to deliver this food. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And... And 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 the fact that like the one place hell pizza, which is the worst pizza place, and <laughs> tries me don't fucking order it. But even them, like I called up, I was like, yeah, can I place an order for delivery? Oh, they're like, oh, can you do it through our website? Like we just that's how we do it. I'm like mm-hmm. fucking fine. I get to the website. I'm like, click all the things and put them in the basket. <laughs> I don't want to put pizza in a basket. Okay, I don't want to do it. <laughs> so I put the pizza in the basket. I click checkout. Option delivery. You need to create an account with us to get this oh delivered. Oh my god! No, dog. You don't get to have my email address to deliver me a pizza, man. Mm-hmm. This is a straightforward exchange here. I am in need of pizza. You are a pizza place. Yeah. We'll make one connection, and the pizza comes to me. That's Let's how this make should that work. Access easier, everybody. You know? Right. Right. Please. Right. You don't need to manage a CRM with everybody's email and their addresses. What are you going to do with that information, right? I literally was at a store yesterday. I know I'm on a rant here, and this is not (laughs) – I don't give a shit. I was at a store yesterday. I bought a computer monitor. Uh They were like, would you like a digital copy of your receipt? I was like, yeah, that sounds great. They were like, all right, what's your phone number? I was like, what? Like, why would you need my phone number? They're like, for the receipt. I'm like, do you need my email address, you mean? Mm-hmm. Are you confused about those two operations? They're like, no, we just we need your phone number. That's how we do it. Like, nah, I'm not giving you my phone number. See you later. Mm-hmm. 
I don't like this, like, scrape... Companies, like, scraping for your information. So they can spam email you. They can, like, sell that data to a data aggregator. Mm -hmm. They can, you know... I don't know. I get get six calls a day from just... Spam? Very obviously spam. Yeah. It's increasing... Greatly. I get them too. I still get them. I have a U.S. phone number on this phone. Like I have a dual SIM. I got a U.S. Mm-hmm. phone number on this phone. Not going to give it out on air. Mm-hmm. But I get, yeah, I still get a couple phone calls a week. And sometimes it picks it up and it's like scam likely. Mm-hmm. If it's a 413 number, which is where I'm from, Western Massachusetts, I don't pick it up. That's exactly... That's exactly my thing. Is that yeah. I, if Bay Area numbers are calling me, there's nobody from there who's calling me. Yeah, that doesn't have my number already mm-hmm. stored. Mm-hmm. So, sorry if I've missed a few of your phone calls. Like, you got to text me who it is mm-hmm. before yeah. I'm picking up that phone. So Right. Mm. Anyway, what else you got to say about Tokyo Drift? Mm, I... I think I mentioned a couple of days ago that I looked up the uh, the market for used Nissan GTRs. Yeah, we need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not going to happen. That's just don't buy yep. a uh, a half price supercar. Mm-hmm. I looked again for the three seventy Z. I was like, you know, like if yeah. there's one thing that this movie is trying to push me toward is to yeah. become a a Nissan um, owner, but they don't look very good. I mean, even something like 2010, 2012 with like 40,000 miles on it is still like a $20,000 car. Yeah, that's not terrible. Yeah, but, you know, the reviews are really bad. It seems like I should not be driving a Z around. 350 or 370Z. So the movies are misleading me here. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to really realize the street racer dream over here. Trying to map out my future I mean, car purchases. Ta- Daryl, we talked, we settled this discussion last time. S two thousand. S two thousand, bro. How much can you pick up a used S two thousand for? They're still kind of pricey. That's yeah. the whole thing. Like yeah. fifteen grand, and they stopped making them. And bad. yeah. But they're, it's hard to find a stock one, and they have a lot of miles on them. Yeah, it's hard to find one in good condition because they're so yeah, old. Yeah, that's hard. That's what you really need because my classic car is in tough. I mean, I bought, I buy like cheap classic cars and like try to do a little work on them. They're always in tough condition, though. You know, and mm-hmm. like, it's just like it's just a thing to do. It's not really like this is going to be an award winner here, mm-hmm. which I understand. You want something in good condition. Me, as an idiot, I would buy, like, a Datsun 240Z uh-huh. and have it fall apart on day four of driving right. it around, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's one of the coolest cars ever made, in my opinion. Basically. I agree. Yeah. Um, I tried to take some time in seriously looking at getting, like, a Jetson Interceptor from 6. Ooh. And where did that end up? Uh, it ends up if you want a really, 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 really shitty one, you're looking at fifty grand. Ooh. If you want like a pristine one, you're looking at like a hundred fifteen. So it wasn't on the table yeah. at all. I spent about five minutes. When I say like right. I took some time, I, I took about five minutes to like look up at the price of a Jensen Interceptor. Uh-huh. Uh I really wanted one though. It's the coolest car in the series. Right. Yeah. 
Anyway, I, all I do want, though, is, like, either a left-hand, uh, a right-hand drive car in America or a left-hand drive car in New Zealand. I want to mm. be driving on the opposite <laughs> side you're supposed to. I think yeah, that's cool. That, yeah, that's the, that's the easiest way to turn heads. Definitely, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's always, like, dudes. Mm-hmm. The turning of heads never happens on, like, on like, uh, uh, like women. They just don't. They don't care. They don't uh-huh. give a shit. But it's always, like, I roll up to a stoplight, and a guy next to me is like, nice one, bruh. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, nice one. So. There's a few... Um, I, I forgot what they're called. I think they're Mitsubishi, like four wheel drive, short wheel base, like camper vans. Mm-hmm. And there's like three, there's like three of them in my neighborhood. And Uh-oh. those are um, right hand drive cars, but they look so cool. You they can definitely cool. tell there's like a little community of, of people who track these things down and trick them out and keep them really nice and they put all kinds of cool stickers on them but you should get one mm-hmm. infiltrate their subculture and then make a report to the NYPD about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah live out the fast and furious lifestyle mhm uh unless you have anything else do you want to do shout outs sure that's all i got all right what do you want to shout out to this week uh, my shout out this week is to the Iron Chef Secret Ingredient Sour Cream. Oh, big fan. Oh, yeah. Big, so big I, like, I don't know. I think growing up, I never ate very much of it. I would basically only eat it on baked potatoes. And yeah. it's very sparingly that I even sort of like think about sort of getting some or having some around. Totally. But I, yeah, I had this dental surgery a couple weeks ago. And I, like, made mashed potatoes, and I then took those mashed potatoes, and I, like, put them in my cast iron and made uh-huh. it look sort of like a, like a mashed potato latka thing. And I was just eating good amount of sour cream for the past yeah. week here. Man, that it's was great. Nice. It's got oh all the God. flavors that you need, you know. Yeah. And I remember first trying it when I was maybe six or seven i have this memory of like trying it i had like a babysitter who got some nachos or something Mm -hmm. oh no this is real this babysitter took us to the restaurant in northampton massachusetts that was called cha-cha-cha oh really Mm -hmm. i've (laughs) talked about on the pod before because there's a restaurant in uh, they go to a restaurant named cha-cha-cha in Mm -hmm. the first movie so we went to Cha Cha Cha. She ordered a case of, I ordered a cheese quesadilla, which was my Cha 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 order at six or seven years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and bread and cheese, delicious. But they give you little cups of like salsa, uh, hot sauce, and sour cream. I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this? So I remember trying it then and not being into it. And as I got a little older, I got into it and would just be like, instead of the salsa and the hot sauce, can you just put like three sour cream? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I just wanted cheese and bread and sour cream. <laughs> um, I recently made some tacos for dinner, mm-hmm. and I didn't have sour cream, and it was lacking. Mm. I like, I yeah. often forget that sour cream is part of Mexican food, because I feel like it's one of those things, like, if it's available, I just like, it. If it's in there, I sometimes I don't see it when it's inside mm. of a. Cause you, if I eat it in burrito form, 
But yeah. if I'm ever doing, have. yeah, if I'm ever, if I'm ever making quesadillas, tacos myself at home, I, I don't think I've ever thought about putting sour cream in it. It's delicious. Oh my god, I'm missing out. You know, it's so good, and yeah. I, uh, yeah, I mean. I, I always have trouble buying sour cream because, like, it's always a per-meal buy for me. Mm-hmm. I never ever, like, I don't use it so much that I have a tub of it because I feel like the shelf life is not that long. Yeah. So that's the problem. I used to make custard. You put sour cream At one point when I was 16, I, like, learned how to make custard. That's this pretty cool. A crazy story. So I would make this custard and it would have sour cream in it. Hmm. As like part of its base, and it was really delicious. Everybody said it was a fucking dope ass custard. So that's that's all I got. Was this an <laughs> Iron Chef actually Iron Chef ingredient sour cream? No, no, no. It's just my Iron the Iron Chef of my life secret ingredient has mm-hmm. been sour cream. If you were ever to become like randomly become a contestant on Iron Chef America. For some, they were like, "We're just choosing random people now, not chefs." <laughs> and it was like Daryl Wong. You got on. You would be standing there, and before they pulled the curtain over the the thing, you'd be like, "Sour cream, sour cream, sour cream, sour cream, sour cream." Please, 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 please. <laughs> That's your vibe with sour cream. Oh yeah, I love okay. it. Yeah, so I'm very pro sour cream. Don't forget about it. Don't sleep gotta, on sour cream. I got a shout out. I mean, I've shout out, shouted out LaCroix before, which is a mm-hmm. seltzer company. I'm into it. I like it a lot. It's my baseline seltzer. It's what I drink. Okay? And I remember, I remember this being an anti-shout out. I thought you were all Schweppes all day. LaCroix is just played out. It we get older. We get, our tastes change. We get a little fancier. <laughs> All right, it happens. Uh-huh. Plus, they don't have. Here's what they don't have: they don't have two liter bottles in New Zealand that are the same shape and density as the ones in America. Okay, they're like mm-hmm. skinnier and more awkward because they assume you're going to pour it in a glass, rather mm-hmm. than my Schweppes two liter bottle experience in America, where I would just sort of hook it under my fingers from the mouthpiece and <laughs> swig it up over my arm. Uh-huh. Like a bottle of moonshine, okay? They don't have that experience. So I had to navigate the world of seltzer in New Zealand. And then, and fortunately, some of the more disgusting LaCroix flavors are unavailable here, okay? They don't have the coconut. <laughs> uh-huh. All right? So we can avoid the coconut LaCroix situation altogether. They don't have mango. Key lime. Key lime, they don't have key lime. That's a really gross one. I kind of like it. But but I wouldn't drink it all the time. All right. So, LaCroix, it's what I got. It's what I got to work with here. All right. So, I've been buying LaCroix for a steady year. Bum, bum, bum. New Zealand lockdown happens again last week. I go to the countdown, which is our local supermarket, day before lockdown. The shelves are toast. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, I'll just buy like, I'll buy like five 12 packs of the Croy and that'll get me through yeah. the week or something like that. You know? oh <laughs> like, 
I'm buying for yeah. two now, baby. You know? Yeah. Because I mean, Ellie likes it too. So yeah. I'm I'm like the shelves are toasted. So I'm forced <laughs> to like completely before right before I go into like a life altering lockdown. Uh-huh. I'm true I'm supposed to now just like take a gamble on another <laughs> seltzer company and like just hope it works out. Mm-hmm. So I got a company called Vista. I got a I got a mishmash. Okay, I got a company called Vista, which blue. I got a mm. company called Kiwi Blue, which double blue. It was blue and blue. Are you, and then so I you, got a company called New Zealand Natural, which mm. is pretty good. I will say it's like mm. definitely more flavor. There's a bigger flavor hit, which makes me wonder a little bit. I don't love it when they're super flavorful. Right. My ideal flavor profile is maybe like a polar. Which is like yeah. very harsh, very watery, but with a hint of something going on. Hmm. The problem with Polar is that their plain one is garbage. It's like we got 27,000 flavors, but the plain one sucks. Anyway, hmm. that's enough about Polar. New Zealand Natural, there's two flavors I've tried. I haven't tried their plain, but it, uh, there's a raspberry and lemon, which is good and actually fairly delicious. And there's a mandarin orange one, which mm. I think was pretty good also. Uh, it ain't fucking LaCroix. And I, it's been two weeks since the lockdown started. And you could still go to the grocery store, which I did, I think, once during lockdown. And I've been in a week since lockdown. I've been to the grocery store again. No LaCroix still. There is a shortage, a nationwide LaCroix shortage in new zealand and i know i shouldn't be claiming complaining about something that just arrived here maybe nine months ago but let's get if Lacroix, if you're listening to this get on the ball give us some fucking shipments you can ship them directly to my address okay it is not that came my address <laughs> but just shoot me an email no one likes to tune a podcast at gmail.com well, like, get on it, please. I need it back so bad. Right. The other problem with New Zealand Natural is the LaCroix are your typical 330 milliliters. They look like a Coke can. This mm. is a 250 milliliter can. And it's just, too, I mean, by the time I get it out of the fridge, crack it, Sit down. take a swig and go back and lie down in my bed where I, like, vape and watch New Girl... <laughs> I'm already like three quarters through the motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I need a little more juice. So LaCroix, if you could juice me up, that'd be cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think, do they make like a LaCroix tall can? Like a 16 ounce? Yo, if they did. <sighs> yeah. That's the move. That's the. They need to go to Tall Boy. 16 or a 22 ounce. A 22 ounce LaCroix. (laughs) Oh my God. I can't even tell you. I would like be. I would be in heaven. Yeah. I would take everything in the back of the fridge. fridge. Let it go to spoil. And just stock it full Mm -hmm. of fuck. I would buy another fridge, full size, (laughs) just for the fucking LaCroix. All right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd really invest in that puppy. Nothing hits like an ice cold, like almost freezing LaCroix. 
There's nothing like it, man. Oh my god. Nothing is the like the level it. of refreshness. Maximum. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. And the other day I, I made back when I had some fucking leftover orange LaCroix. I made myself a little mocktail. Mm-hmm. I had orange LaCroix and a little uh, tonic water and some ice and a little orange peel in there. It was mm-hmm. fucking delicious. Put a little uh put a little mint leaf, hit it hit it on the Ooh, top for the extra. That so good. <laughs> that sounds man. nice. We're gonna be doing we're gonna be doing LaCroix mocktails on our stoop all spring and summer. That's a great yeah. idea. You guys got it coming up, huh? Yeah. We're about to go into winter here. I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. I'll be working. Mm-hmm. I got this Disney Disney Plus movie coming up. That's all I can oh, say. Oh, really? Yeah. Exciting. Now that Bebop is over. Mm-hmm. By the way, fans of the pod, the last six months I was working on Cowboy Bebop live action series starring John Cho. It's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. When's I it coming out? It's on my When's IMDb now, so... I think it'll be out at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't tell you anything else about it or like what happens, but it does exist. That is a known entity in the world, so I can talk about that, and I can talk about the fact that I worked on it. Sweet. Yeah. Later this year. We'll Later this watch year. Through. Hit it up. Cool. All right, folks and fellas. It's been nice knowing you. If you want to know us a little better, you can get us at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T. No one likes to tune in podcast on Instagram. No one likes to tune in podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, Patreon.com slash no one likes to tune in podcast. I'm trying to get it out by the time this episode is up on Monday. Um, but we did record a Chronicles of Riddick episode, special episode for Patreon. So if you want to listen to that, throw us a buck. It'll be up there. Uh, Max Siskin joined us for that old time friend of the pod, and uh, it was a good, it was good, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anything else? I think we got everything. All right. Spotify, get, get Instagram, out of here. Twitter, you, email. You, you, you guys already know. Get out of here. Uh, later, Daryl. I will talk to you next week. Sounds great, my friend. Till next time.